Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer and Yahoo, Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. <laughs> so, a uh, funny story. Yeah? We recorded an episode. It's actually a week after we recorded it uh, about Yahoo. Yes. And it was an epic episode. Yes. The longest we had ever recorded up to that point, which is saying something because I think our longest one before that was an hour and seven minutes long. Yeah. So uh, we decided maybe we shouldn't inflict a gigantic episode on everyone. Yeah. We thought that maybe we should spare people and split that into two episodes and make it a little easier to digest. So we have done that. And uh, in our previous episode, if you uh, if you're just joining us for the very first time, the episode immediately pre- preceding this one. Uh, we talked about the founding of Yahoo, yep. how it started as a company, uh, very much like a couple of other notable companies in mm-hmm. the search engine world. Absolutely. Uh, and how it went from a tiny two-man operation to quickly escalate into a, 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 a force to be reckoned with on the web. Mm-hmm. Especially in the uh, advertising world. Which is exactly where we were as we were letting off at the very end of that episode. And we're going to pick up in 2003 and Yahoo's pioneering work in online advertising. So in 2003, uh, Yahoo begins to work at proving that the online advertising model does in fact work and actually shows that there are real world effects from online advertising. And they also launched some new products uh, like uh, Yahoo Maps launched, launched in that year, as well as some uh, chat rooms. And that's when Yahoo began to go beyond curating content and went to content generation. They began to hire bloggers and journalists to write content exclusively for Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So Yahoo, again, continuing to be a portal to the web, but now not just finding cool information out there and cool stories to share, but generating them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time, too, they also started reaching out to the uh, uh, meat space, if you will, yeah. in, in addition to cyberspace for advertising purposes, too. Because uh, they started working with the um, major advertising companies that uh, weren't advertising online, so they were, you know, basically sort of doing partnerships with with people in the real world, so not just online. Um, and then, you know, Yahoo has always been, as we said earlier, at the forefront of uh, advertising online, and they started in 2004 to look at. Uh, uh, behavioral targeting. Yes. So basically, uh, this is when we start talking about things like cookies that track what you do. Uh, well, hey, he uh, went to a, a website from a car manufacturer. Maybe he's shopping for a car. Right. Let's so show should, car ads. Let's deliver an ad that's for a car. Yeah, this is uh, the very early days of targeted advertising, which has become something of a science today. But at the at that moment was really a new idea. And uh, again, Yahoo was a pioneer in this space, you know, just as they were with web advertising in general. And um, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a powerful tool. Yes. You know, saying that, well, not only can we deliver your ad to X number of people, 
but we can deliver it to X number of people who are specifically interested in what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Like These are people who are actively shopping for a product that you happen to make. So if you want them to go to your site, why don't you advertise with us? Yeah, it got even creepier a couple of years later, too, yeah. when they started getting into the uh, the, the location-based Exactly, ads. yeah. And that yeah. was when we all started going, wait. How did you know I right. live in Dallas? So now it's now now it's not just what I do, but where I live. So now you can actually advertise a local business as opposed to just some national chain that happens to offer whatever it is I'm looking for. And that doesn't sound like much to you, the end user, or maybe not as much because you're going, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. They advertise for the business just down the street, but for the business just down the street, especially small businesses. Um, the, the money and, and advertising small businesses to local people, um, rivals that of sending ads out nationwide. Yep. In fact, probably, uh, just, I, I don't know the numbers, but I would guess that it, it may even dwarf that amount because you have people willing to spend locally. And if they can reach their local customers online, that's really cool. And, uh, people are willing to pay for that. Yep. And in 2004, that's when they created some, uh, you know, they had hired the bloggers and journalists. Well, in 2004, they started launching news and sports and entertainment, right. uh, sections on their page where that had stories written by these bloggers and journalists. It's also when, uh, their deal with Google was up in 2004. That, that four year deal was, had expired. And instead of renewing the license, Yahoo chose to, uh, employ a company called Inktomi to create a that. new search algorithm. So uh, yeah, they, they they had been behind one of the other uh, major search engines online, but it you know hadn't been as successful as say Google. Yeah. So Yahoo decides to cut ties with Google, get Inktomi to to provide the 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 horsepower for their search algorithm, and they also hired uh, a ABC executive named Lloyd Brown. Uh, or Lloyd Braun, if you prefer, to uh, to head the media operations arm of Yahoo. Because at this point, they're still looking at getting into producing media outside the web. Like they were looking at potentially doing, you know, uh, media production in the form of movies or perhaps television. Because again, you know, their their CEO came from that world. He was a Hollywood executive, and mm-hmm. um, there didn't seem to be any reason why they couldn't get into that. But that particular arm of Yahoo's business, let's say it failed to get traction. You could also say it flopped miserably. Okay. <laughs> but failed to get traction is is probably the nicer way of saying it. One of the nice things about being a company the size of Yahoo back at that time was that you had lots of people and lots of money and you could try new things. Yes, you had the you had the luxury of failure. Yes. You could you could afford to fail at something, but you know, you know, you could take big chances and if they paid off, that's awesome. And if they didn't, you could absorb it. Um to a point. So in 2005, that's when uh, the first major scandal uh that involved Yahoo's presence in China starts to unravel. And this would actually take place over the next few years. The story is pretty grim. Um, the story is that, okay, so the, the government in China is, uh, let's say it can be a little invasive. Okay. And that the government of China wanted to be able to monitor what citizens were uh, using the internet to to do, 
like what they were what they were accessing online. Yes. And Yahoo had a presence in China. So the government said we want to be able to access your information to find out what people in China are searching for and what they're looking at on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And Yahoo apparently complied with that request, which uh, would lead organizations uh, like the World Organization for Human Rights to protest and ultimately sue Yahoo, stating that essentially what Yahoo had managed to do was be complicit in human rights violations of Chinese citizens uh, by giving the Chinese government private information. Mm-hmm. Yahoo's response was that it was a global company and that it would have to comply with whatever local laws were in place in whichever regions Yahoo operated. Yeah. So it's a it's a complicated issue. On the one hand, you've got a company that is trying to do business in another country, and in order to do business, it has to follow the laws of that country. On the other hand, you have human rights issues which many people would argue transcend the law. And what do you do when you are a business? Yep, yep. And it's uh, you know it was done in the co- in the name of of doing business in China. Yeah, and uh, which is an um, enormous market. Yes, and it's it's impossible to ignore because there's so many people who live there. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, also enormous competitors. Yes, there as well. Um, Alibaba, for one. Yeah, which. Uh, has a relationship with Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Google. I mean, uh, well, I mean, Google too has also had conflicts with the Chinese government right. in, in publicized ways, and and uh, the the two companies have had to endure um, questions from shareholders yeah, and questions a, from the public. A lot of scrutiny. Yeah, you've got on the one hand, you've got the business side where people are saying, "Hey, I I'm." investing in you and I want a return on my investment. On yeah. the other side you've got people saying, "Hey, do the right thing. Yeah. Don't don't perform actions that are going to lead to suffering." And uh and Google and Yahoo had two different approaches to this this yeah. problem. Uh not not that either of them were necessarily uh perfectly ethical or unethical. You know, they were different approaches and there was there's a spectrum there. And yeah. and frankly, I can tell you, I would hate to be an executive having to make these decisions because, you know, you have responsibilities as a human being and you have responsibilities as a business owner. And sometimes those responsibilities don't overlap in a nice Venn diagram. That's that's true. Um, And one of the arguments I've heard for doing business in China for these companies is that um, it does open people's world up to a lot of information that they may not have had Otherwise, of course, if the problem can stretch people's minds and maybe make them more open, if the problem is that access to that information also leads to their imprisonment or otherwise harassment from the Chinese government, then there's uh, that issue as well. Yeah. Now, frankly, if, if I have to come down on a side, I would say that I don't like what Yahoo did. I mean, I personally, as a just my own personal opinion. Uh, I value human rights over that. But I was not in that position and I cannot honestly say how I would have acted mm-hmm. had I been in that position. Yep. yep. And I'm, thank- I'm thankful I have never been in that position Yes, because I can't imagine what that stress would be like. Uh, also in that year, less controversial, uh, Yahoo bought a uh, photo sharing site called Flickr. 
Hmm, I seem to remember them. Now, that's one of the one of the stories where Yahoo actually, I think, saw a lot more success than uh, Schmoogle did. No, <laughs> Google had had photo Shmoogle. Google and Picasa uh, just doesn't have have the same same presence as Flickr. Now, granted, today even Flickr isn't necessarily as big a name when you have photo sharing services out there like Instagram or even stuff like Facebook or Google Plus. Yeah. Which you know Google Plus is built on top of other services like Picasa, but that's you know, it's an evolution. Uh so yeah, that was uh that was two thousand five. It was a big year for Yahoo. Uh tough year with the whole China story starting to unravel. Now granted that would continue, like I said, for a couple of years, uh with the lawsuit really coming to a head in two thousand seven. Um in 2006, uh, Yahoo and uh, and Schmoogle got into a little bidding war. Yeah, that's that's true. And and this is um, I don't know why I keep saying Schmoogle other than the fact that I just like saying it. Okay, the Google, obviously. If you think back, I mean, this is six years ago now, as as of the time we're recording this. Uh, Yahoo was still very much an internet giant. Yes, they were still one of the big big players, and they, they kind of still are now. Uh, but I don't think people think of them that way like they did in 2006. They get a lot of visitors, but man, the the yeah. the drama behind the website has has sort of eclipsed the site itself. Mm-hmm. And and I think I would argue that the stu- some of the things that happened in 2006 are especially painful in the light of what's happened to all of the players since then. So yes, uh, Yahoo and Schmoogle go to war over a video sharing website. Yes. Uh, you may have heard a, of it. A fairly young one at the time. Yes. YouTube. Yeah. So Yahoo was a potential owner of YouTube. They, they tried to purchase the company and Google ended up outbidding them essentially. And, yeah. And so think of how different the world would be if that had happened. <laughs> well, um, you, you know, it, it, in a way, you think about it, you sort of, uh, Take the uh, your current feelings about all the companies out. It sort of fit more with Yahoo's uh, package of services more so than Google. Yeah, because Yahoo was already in the they were the, the content people. Yeah, content curation and creation. Um, and, and Google was more. I mean, they hadn't released a lot of their other products, so they were still very search engine-y. Yeah, they were um, all web advertising and search engine. That was their business. But uh, you know, the world was turning social. That's that's why you had sites like Flickr and and uh, YouTube, and there were all these new social websites yeah, like this MySpace. Uh, this other company that that uh, Yahoo tried to purchase. Uh, you may have heard of it. It sort of decided to go it alone, but at the time, they looked like they might be a takeover target. Friendster? Um, no, but it does start with an F. Oh, uh, Flick, no, they bought Flickr. Facebook! That's the one. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I, and it's one of those things where I went back over it and I remembered that this had happened. I went, wow, what if that had happened? Was that 2006? Yes. Man, well, according year. to my notes, yes. Big year. Yeah, I, I, I remembered that happening. I didn't have the year for it. So, yeah, um, getting the traffic that they might have gotten from Facebook and or YouTube yeah. would have. Well, yeah, because their, their market share for search at that point had hit a pretty low point. They, they had fallen to 24% of the market and Google was at 68%. Mm-hmm. So – you know, this is just six years after Google had come to Yahoo asking for money, and now they were, you know, really just thrashing them in the in the search engine space. And at that point, uh, Semmel decided to kind of clean house, and he he sort of uh, 
he reorganized a lot of the top-level executives at Yahoo, mm-hmm. which uh, was sort of a stopgap measure, as it turns out. Um, one of those people who left was Lloyd Braun, the mm-hmm. guy who was in charge of that media group. He left in in, uh, in 2006. So, you know, ultimately that that media operations uh, me- initiative never went anywhere. It was only two years running before uh, he had left. Um, but that leads us into 2007, which is when the CEO resigns. And that was partly due to pressure being put on him by shareholders who were not happy with how much he was making versus how slowly the company was growing. Mm-hmm. And, um, Actually, we should point that out. Uh, he was his salary was not that big; um, it was a dollar a year. Now, when he at its height, he was making six hundred thousand dollars a year at, on his salary. But by the time of two thousand seven, it was officially one dollar per year. Now, granted, he had a he had a few stock options, yeah, like seventy million dollars worth. Um, so, so don't feel too sorry. For yeah, him. it's not like he wasn't being compensated. It's just that his official salary was just a dollar. Uh, so he steps down and Young ends up, Jerry Young steps in and becomes the CEO. And, um, and they hire Susan Decker to become the president of Yahoo. And, uh, also Yahoo entered, uh, a bidding war with Google. This, you know, this happens every couple of years, apparently. Uh, this time to purchase an ad firm called DoubleClick. Yes. Which uh, you will probably recognize as one of the biggest advertising firms online. All right, so now you get to guess who wins the bidding war. And here's a hint: it wasn't Yahoo. Yep. So once again, it, at this point, Yahoo is playing the part of uh, Indiana Jones, and Google is playing the part of Belloc. Who every time Indiana Jones gets something in his grasp, Belloc swoops in and steals it. Yes. There's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. <laughs> He's left. Except that Belloc actually, you know, does much better in this than in this in this scenario than he did in Raiders of the Lost Ark. As far as I know, he doesn't melt in uh, this scenario. Google seems to be pretty solid still. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, people thought Yahoo was starting to fail and not be so not not be so uh, solid itself. Yeah, having a CEO having a CEO resign uh, because of shareholder pressure and then be replaced by someone who is not a business guy. You know, Young wasn't, again, he was not known as a business uh, leader. He was known as a, a techno- technology expert. So there was a confidence in Yahoo was beginning to wane. Well, not beginning. It was continuing to wane, probably in an, at an accelerated rate. Yep. And so somebody decided now might be a really good time to – uh Make an offer now. Granted, for the company behind the scenes, there had been offers made already between this company yes. and Yahoo. But in uh, in two thousand and eight, that's when a publicized, a well publicized offer was extended to Yahoo, uh, but ultimately not accepted. And that offer came from Microsoft. Yes, Microsoft got down on one knee in front of everybody at a sport, sporting imagine. match and got on the big jumbotron and said, "Will you accept my bid?" This is 2008. We're talking Steve Ballmer. Ballmer strode in and ate three Yahoo employees and then said, "I will give you 45 million dollars for this joint." That's billion with a B. Yeah. Was it billion? Billion. Wow. But Yahoo said, "No." 
Yeah, yeah. That was that they was. Said, you undervalue us. Go back and try again. Except don't. Yeah, it was. Except uh, wait, no, we'd like to partner with you for search because Microsoft was coming up with a new type of search to replace their old type of search. Yeah. Except you know, I think at first it wasn't. Right, but, but it became Bing. It wasn't long after that, and I imagine that I think they it was said, live search originally, right? Originally, yeah. But yeah. I think I think uh, well, put it this way: if you're in on those talks, they say, "Hey, you know, we got this Bing thing coming up." Yeah. Well, in 2009, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, they enter they enter into a, a a business relationship in the sense that Microsoft ends up partnering with Yahoo. Yeah, a long term business partnership, right? Um, which. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but in 2009, another another tough year, uh, Yahoo ends up shutting down GeoCities. Yeah. So GeoCities uh, no longer a thing. Yes. Millions of people lose their animated GIFs and, and, and MIDI soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, looping MIDIs. Oh, man. Uh. I do not miss those days. Um, and Yong steps down as CEO because, again – Shareholder pressure was growing. I mean, he. I remember those days too. There was a lot of criticism directed at uh, Yahoo, and some of it was directed at not giving Yong a chance. Yeah. But I mean, there was there were a lot there was a lot of stress on both sides, and so Yahoo ends up hiring Carol Bartz, yep. former head of CEO. Former head of Autodesk. Uh, she did very well over there, as a matter of fact. She was known as a, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a very ambitious, no nonsense, very savvy uh, businesswoman, and that she might be the leader that they need. And she was willing to make some pretty big changes, some pretty drastic changes. Uh, in the name of saving the company, and not all of the decisions were popular ones, uh, which would end up becoming coming back to haunt her later. And you can argue whether or not her decisions were good ones or not, but they certainly weren't popular among the board. Um, and and also, I think there was there's an argument to be made of short-term versus long-term results mm-hmm. and that a lot of the changes she was making were changes that if they were successful were going to take some time to pay off and there's an, a problem in the world of business that uh, if you don't get short-term returns quickly you run the risk of alienating your supporters and uh, <laughs> foreshadowing yeah. So in 2010, the company, a lot of people would say that Yahoo was in decline. It was raking in a billion dollars of revenue a year. And somehow that's still in decline. I mean, it's not, it's not growing as fast as it needs to, essentially, is what that boils down to. Yeah. But they still had hundreds of millions of visitors. They're still one of the uh, top visited websites on the entire web. Right. Which is even now, you know, you think about that. Like it's, it's generating revenue. It's getting lots of eyeballs on the site and yet it's still being considered a failure. Which is you know, because you're more, comparing it with itself, right? It's more to do with the yeah. It's more to do with what's going on behind the scenes than any of its actual performance in the market. Although you could still say, well, yeah, but look, it's it's search share is dismal compared to Google. Well, people, I think the thing is too for for public companies, people have a certain expectation. The shareholders say, okay, uh, you've made five hundred million dollars a year for the last ten years. 
when are you going to get to 600 million? Yeah. You know, it, it, staying the same is not good enough. That people expect innovation, new tools, new services, new growth. And even when you're doing great, you know, hey, by, by a lot of companies, uh, standards, that would have been plenty of money. Yeah. But, but yeah. for, for Yahoo, people expected it to, to continue to grow. And, so, uh, yeah, that two, was the problem. 2011, uh, things come to a head and the board of directors decides to fire Carol Bartz. So <laughs> she had some choice words for them. Yeah. Some, some ones that we can't repeat on this podcast. This is a family friendly show. Um, Carol Bartz, outspoken woman. Yes. Very, uh, very blunt. And she was, she was actually quite blunt about the, what happened, uh, with her being fired. She said it was, she was fired over the phone, as I recall, right? I think so. It wasn't even in an, in an in-person meeting and that she was very critical of the board of directors for Yahoo and was, um, she definitely had some choice words to say, most of them not repeatable on this podcast about her experience. And, uh, uh, the the critical problems as far as the board was concerned include the fact that the sales growth had stagnated that ad sales growth was not not growing at the rate they wanted yeah. and they felt that the deal that they had struck with Microsoft wasn't helping enough that this this deal that was supposed to be a big benefit to both companies did not seem to be helping Yahoo the way it was supposed to and so therefore uh, it was a bad business decision. Um, <laughs> bad business decision. So Bartz leaves and Tim Morse, who was the chief financial officer at the time, he steps in to serve as the interim CEO until they can find a permanent replacement. Permanent being um, – More than five minutes? Yeah, but less – fewer than 131 days as it turns out. Yeah, uh, yeah permanent is uh, – is, your mileage may vary. For the value of the word permanent, because the next CEO hired in 2012 was Scott Thompson, who was a member of the popular uh, uh, comedy troupe Kids in the Hall with Kevin McDonald and not that Scott Thompson. Uh oh, all of my research is wrong. No, this is uh, the president of eBay's PayPal group. Oh, oh, wait, no, I do have this information. Okay, so apart from creating uh, funny characters like Buddy. Uh, this guy was, um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that Scott Thompson. Fine. He, he steps in. He becomes the new, um, CEO. And at that, that same time, uh, or around that same time, Young actually resigns from the board of directors. So he had not been CEO for a while, but now he actually kind of divorces himself from the company and says that it's his time to go and pursue interests that have nothing to do with Yahoo. So I wash my hands of you. Yeah, the co-founder walks away. Uh, so Scott Thompson becomes the new head of the company. And then by April of 2012, which this year, the year we're recording this podcast, uh, Yahoo comes out and says it's going to have to make some pretty drastic job cuts. Yeah, 14% of its workforce. Yeah, 2,000 employees. Now, remember back when it launched its IPO, there were 49 of them. Uh, now 2,000 people are – at least 2,000 people are going to get cut. Um, he also – Thompson says that he will split Yahoo into three different operating groups, uh, one of which is uh, – will oversee the media websites. Uh, that's essentially the consumer group. Uh, one that is called the region group, which is responsible for revenue. 
And the third operating group is technology, which would be all the, the, the systems running in the background that power Yahoo and, uh, and trying to develop those so that Yahoo can be competitive and not necessarily rely on licensing deals with other companies. Um, so he makes those, those announcements in April and then in May, uh, Thompson has his own scandal to deal with. Yeah, you remember we were talking about how uh, shareholders expect certain things from the company? Well, one of the shareholders was a company called Third Point. Yeah, and uh, a hedge fund. And the thing that they expected was that the CEO. biographical information of the CEO was accurate and that the degrees that he claimed he held, he actually held. Which, as it turns out, was not so much the case. Yeah, that, that was a tiny problem. Was that Thompson had on um, – there was a securities filing that listed one of Thompson's achievements was a, a, a degree in computer science. Uh, it uh, turns out to be a fictional degree. Uh, due to an inadvertent error. According to Yahoo, yeah. Yahoo's claim was that it was just a mistake, like someone had just mistakenly attributed this degree in computer science to Thompson and that that was – it was – an innocent mistake. It was yeah. not intentional. They weren't trying to mislead anyone. Third point was having none of it. Yeah, he do, he does in fact have a bachelor's in accounting. Yeah, accounting uh, and computer different... science are two different disciplines, as it turns out. Yes, uh, you can't account for that. Oh man, um, you're an accountant. Account for yourself. So yeah, his number was up because uh, with six percent of the the. Shares, uh, third point was really pushing hard. And, yeah, this, uh, this wasn't someone who owns a single share of Yahoo. This was someone, this was a company that had, had enough clout to, to at least raise a ruckus. Yeah. And, and they said, we want to see. Yeah. A ruckus is raised, shenanigans can be called, and then it's get out the brooms. And they said, we want to see all of his credentials. We want to see your credentials, professor. Yeah. And, uh, eventually Thompson, um, actually eventually not days later, Thompson agrees to resign, uh, from the position of CEO. And in fact, there was some evidence to show that he was the error wasn't inadvertent. Yeah. The error was not an error. It was a calculated, uh, misstatement or a misstatement of the facts. Uh, or a fabrication, if you prefer. There are a lot of different words we could use. Um, a fib would be another one we could mention. So yeah, so he's it, the defibrillator. Yeah, he 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 got defibrillated, and uh, and so from the time he became CEO to the day he resigned, that span of time was 130 days. So uh, at, at that point, a man named Ross Levinson, who was the media group head, uh, became the interim CEO until they could find a replacement. And then in July of 2012, that replacement was named. And that is one of the stories that has given people a new hope. Another Star Wars reference again uh, for Yahoo. And that that new CEO, Marissa Meyer, who was. Uh, coming from the company that had given Yahoo so many headaches in the past, Google. Yes. She, in fact, she was uh, employee number 20 when yes. she uh, graduated from, wait for it, Stanford, Stanford University. University. She, she got a degree in symbolic systems and a master's in computer science. This Now, Marissa Meyer, uh, I've listened to her speak. We have videos about uh, of Marissa Meyer on the Curiosity website. Mm-hmm. Because she's one of the experts that we have consulted for the Curiosity Project. Mm-hmm. Marissa Meyer 
is she knows her stuff. I mean, incredibly intelligent, uh, very well-spoken, very charismatic person. So she's not just well-versed in the technology that is the foundation for today's web. She's also a people person. I mean, she, she has a, a charisma that some computer scientists, the stereotypical computer scientist might not necessarily possess. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Well, she was employee number 20 at Google and, and had her choice. She had a smorgasbord of offers. Yeah. Waiting for her when she finished it. She was, and she was the first female engineer at Google, the very first mm-hmm. female engineer to work for Google. Employee number 20. She specialized, if you want to know what her specialization was when she got these degrees, artificial intelligence. Interesting. I mean, and here's another thing. She is, she's a month older than I am. (laughs) One month. She is now the CEO of Yahoo. She holds these degrees. She is by far wicked smart, way smarter than I am. And, uh, and, uh, I am, I have nothing but admiration for her. Uh, her accomplishments are phenomenal and her, her span of knowledge in her field is amazing to me. Yeah. She, uh, she has her work cut out for, her, uh, frankly, yeah. but, uh, and some people have said that she is a little difficult to work with at times, but, um, she's also may... the youngest CEO of a fortune 500 company. Yeah. She's, you know, she's, there are some people who say she's not tested in a leadership role of the scope, which you know you could. I mean, that's true. She has not had a leadership role of this size. She's headed some major departments within Google. Uh, she headed the the search products and the user experience department. She also then headed the local maps and location services department. But she's never led an entire company, let alone a company that has had as public a history of problems and issues as Yahoo. So there's, it's not, not to say that she is going to turn everything around and that she has the magic pill that's going to cure Yahoo's ills and make it a power player in the technology space again. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I've seen a lot more optimism, cautious optimism about Yahoo than I have in years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, immediately after coming in, and, and keep in mind, this happened in July of 2012. We're recording this in mid-August 2012. So she's been on the job about a month, more or less. Yeah. And um, she immediately came in and began making changes to the, cor- to the corporate culture there. She, she also made an announcement that got people uh, talking in the sense of, wow, she just became CEO and – She's going to be on maternity leave before too long. Yes, as it turns out, she's preggers. Yeah. Um, but uh, and yes, but people by and large, it's it's funny because uh, with as much scrutiny as Yahoo's CEOs have received over the past few years, um, <laughs> there is the uh, the question on many news sites going: Can she pull this off? She's having a baby, and by and large, the res- the answers I've seen are. Yes. Now let's move on. Yeah. That's, you know, why are you like worried about that? That's, you know. Well, and well, some people might say that that would uh, affect your judgment. Well, what if you decide you want to stay home with the kid? Uh, Most people I've read about seem to think that she is absolutely capable of separating her 
work life from her home life and coming into to Yahoo every day and making a difference. Yeah, there's and a, she seems like she's already taken charge pretty well. I think I think most of the doubts there there are two possible uh, sources for those doubts. One is just that Yahoo has had such a tumultuous recent past, and it's hard to think of anyone getting a grip on that and and getting things to calm down and turn around. Uh, and the other is a little bit more of a sexist opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's that I don't true. really. I think is I think is uh, immaterial, and I don't think it applies necessarily. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, well, there's um, maybe this is because I happen to work. We both, Chris and I, work with uh, some amazing women at How Stuff Works. Yep, some incredibly talented writers, editors, developers. Some of whom are moms. Some of many of whom are moms, and all of whom do a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. when you have that experience day to day, you're like, I don't understand your question. <laughs> well, it's uh, uh, Marissa Meyer is definitely a, a strong person for the role. Yes. Uh, no matter <laughs> no matter what other uh, personal things are going on in her life, and I really don't think she's going to intentionally let the company down. I think she's a good person to lead them through the change. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I'm one of those people who likes to see competition out there. I think Yahoo has a chance to uh, to reinvent itself and stay relevant um, in the years going forward and, and compete with, with players like Facebook and Google on different fronts. So um, – I'm I'm excited to see that they have a a a person like her in charge. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it it will, you know, it, it's going to take some time for us to see how this shakes out and whether or not it 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 ultimately pays off. But um, you know, it's it's nice to see some optimism for a change. Yes. So uh, even if it is of the cautious variety, so we will keep our eyes on the developments of Yahoo, and maybe who knows, maybe. Uh, in, in a couple hundred episodes, we will revisit the company and have a whole new set of stories to tell about what has happened and, and some of the shenanigans and brooms that go on behind the scenes. And yeah, the, the next six CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. That was five CEOs in five years is rough. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that wraps up this discussion about Yahoo. If you have suggestions for topics we should cover in future episodes of Tech Stuff, you can contact us through email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com. Or let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those locations is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?